there wasn't anything more fun than being a kid in the 80s. You had so much freedom, but still were held under the watchful eye of your family. Summer seemed like endless days of sun and spending daylight with your best friends. Nothing could touch you, but the dangers were there. You just couldn't see them yet, and once you got a glimpse of them, your mind took over, and every shadow looked like something else. Every noise makes you jump out of your own skin, and there's nothing scarier than what our own mind makes up for us. Good evening, and welcome to Gore, a horror podcast to keep you up at night. I'm the Wicked Kitten who is getting into mischief, and with me, as always, is my lovely co-host, TV's Travis. Well, hi there. Also with us is the endearing, the ethereal Faye. Hi, hi. And lastly, the dread you've been feeling since you hit play on this podcast, Dreadly. Hello. So, uh, what you doing, what you watching, how you been, Travis? I've been doing pretty well. I have started and completed Stranger Things 4 Part 1 and loved every damn second of it. And now I have to wait the the endless hours until Part 2 comes out and I can watch those. Um, So I've been watching that. July? (laughs) Yeah, July 1st. Um, Been watching that and... Uh, you know, just catching up on other shows. I'm still working my way through the Defender series, but I took time off for Stranger Things and um, Obi-Wan. Uh, started playing some Forza Horizon 5, so I've been doing racing, kind of just in downtime, hop on, do a couple of races, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's something you should be doing again, Monica. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I'm so bad, and now there's too many people there, so it's just, it's so crowded. So, Faye, what you watching? How you been? What you doing? Uh, I watched Stranger Things. Uh, awesome there. Uh, I've also been rewatching Love, Death, and Robots. That's Ooh. such a good series. And they just three, right? season four. <laughs> oh, season three. Oh, shit. Yeah, three seasons oh. have been out already. Although, really, if you want to look at it, two and three could be considered one. But whatever. Uh <laughs> I have to get on compared that. to season one because of the length, the number of episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, uh, oh, uh, I can't pronounce the name of the game, but I did start playing another game. Uh, it's an RPG, uh, kind of a well, a more action with RPG elements, side scroller. Uh, it's on Game Pass. Yoden uh, Chronicle Rising. I'm probably saying that horribly wrong. Uh, (laughs) E-I-Y-U-D-E-N. Chronicle Rising. And I've actually been having fun with it. Um, So if if you like kind of side-scroller, you know, typical RPG type stories, it's kind of fun. Uh, Other than that, work. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Ugh, I guess so much we work. sprinkle work upon everybody here. <laughs> Unfortunately, I mean, if I have to, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, damn adulting bills and shit. Dreadly, <laughs> how you been? What you watching? How how are you doing? 
Well, uh, to be very, very original, I've also watched Stranger Things. Hmm. Stranger Gee, Things. It's like, it's like it's a good show or something. Hmm. Oh, no. It's weird. Let's see. Uh, huh, you know, it'll be interesting, right? Because the once July 1st comes, we'll finish it. And then, I don't know, maybe... Maybe somebody would like to hear us talk about Stranger Things season four for like 30 minutes or something. Hmm. I wonder. Maybe that'll be a Patreon thing. Huh. Could be. Hmm. Might maybe. be worth it. Right. Yep. Maybe. Maybe. But yes. Uh, but yeah, well, I watched that. <laughs> uh, even though I always said I was going to watch um, spread out because, you know, having to wait till the next part. But no, I finished all of them. Yeah, one sitting. It. Yep, it, it, it. it was too good to not do that. Yeah, they, I mean, really knocked it out of the park this season. We spread them apart a little bit just because you know time constraints. But yes, I could have sat there and watched them. Uh, at least in two days, they were just so good. I just kept wanting to watch more and more and more. And without spoiling, they did great in this season. Because if you're listening to this podcast, you'll love it. So, Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. Oh, not probably. Definitely. Um, Other than that, uh, not much, actually. But we did watch a uh, Dutch horror classic. Oh, God, yes. Called The Lift. Can I tell them the story of this? Sure. So I'm looking around at movies, you know, you look through some horror movies sometimes while I'm on my you know, fire TV you know, search. And so I find this movie called The Shaft that came out in 2001. It's about a killer elevator. Yes. And uh, I'm like, okay, we got to watch this. And then reading about it, there's another movie called The Lift from 1985 that is a dutch cult classic and i was like we need to watch this and we did and holy crap it's bad but I mean, what nobody, the lift. nobody had fine. to tell you nobody had to tell you that a killer elevator wasn't gonna be the you know the stuff of nightmares but I mean, this you know. this is an elevator, right? Like, it's not like it moves from building to building. It's in a single building. Yes. Because, like, I feel like it that's fairly easy to avoid. Yeah, I'm like, I, mean, I you think would it feel like it's, oh, it, it's not like the killer tire that can roll down the road after you. The elevator is oh. not moving. You can just go to a different building mm-hmm. or just exit the building. Yeah. You I mean, would like, think uh, so, but the people in the movie, they know something's wrong with the elevator. The dude comes to repair the elevator or check it out. What does he do? Does he take the stairs to go up and check it out? No, he takes the elevator. Well, that's their fault. Oh, well, it was 15 floors. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, it's just like. <laughs> elevator. Oh my god. Uh, Faye is showing us a DVD that she has of a movie called Elevator, which is probably uh, similar. Yeah, it's Japanese. Very similar type story. But Travis is right. Just don't be in that building. <laughs> well, yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, but there's tons of stuff like that where, um, you know, a thing is in a specific place and it's not like the movie is like set over time. It's basically like within a couple of days or something. And like the dude has to fix the elevator. It's really it just it's basically just watching people die because they don't know what's happening. So mm-hmm. you're not selling me on it is what I'm kind of what well, I'm saying. You're not, look, you're not selling me on this experience. Look, you, like, look, I don't have to sell you on it. I could put it on the <laughs> show and then you have to watch it. So, <laughs> oh, I might be sick that week. Uh-huh. Well, you still have to report in. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was just one of those movies. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen, uh, but I, it's always interesting watching different cultures, horror movies and uh, where, where like a lot of, you know, like the Asian horror movies scare the absolute crap out of me because it's just so different. Uh, the Dutch ones are kind of fun. I like them. Yeah. They're, and they, and they speak Dutch. total sense. Like if you are seen having a drink with a woman in the middle of the day, in a very crowded bar, and someone sees you, you're having an affair. And they go tell your wife, and your wife immediately leaves you. There's no talking. There's no explaining. That's what happened. She yelled at him. Oh, yeah. And he was just sitting there and was like, okay, okay. Yeah, that wasn't very well written, that part. Uh, I mean, none of the movie was, but like especially... The human beings in it were pretty pretty poorly written. Um, it's kind of black and white. But anyway, uh, did we watch anything else? I don't remember. We rewatched Friday the 13th, uh, part three. Uh, and I guess yes. two since last time we. I don't think recorded. anyone cares that we're rewatching movies that we've already rewatched. Nope. After uh, rewatching them again. We're making uh, some of our friends watch them for the very first time. So we're taking them on that journey. Yes, it's quite it's quite interesting. It's a it's wild a ride. Lifetime. Mm. Yeah. And oh, um, what was the name? Um, we started watching a show. That's oh right. We started watching Shapelweight. Which is based on a Stephen King short novel, yeah, called Jerusalem's Lot. It's got um, Adrian Brody and uh, the I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but the chick that was um, friends with uh, David from Schitt's Creek, like the brunette who ran the hotel motel thing. Stevie was her name in that show, at least. Uh, so she's in this, which is just completely different because this is super like dry and, you know, horror. Um, not funny at all so far that I've seen. But it's very, uh, I like the look of it. It just looks like it's just like cloudy all the time, basically. <laughs> and there's already some really creepy shit all through like the first episode. So we'll see where that goes. I'm interested. Hmm. I haven't even heard of this. Oh, well, 
going. I've only seen the first episode, but I have high hopes for it. And it has good ratings. So. Plus, yeah, it's, it's one of my well, favorite Stephen looks... King's uh, you know, short stories. So. Ah, well, that helps. No, it looks interesting. I just, I had not heard of it. I didn't know that it was available. Where, where is it available to watch? <laughs> That's a perplexing question, I think. Ah, okay. Oh, yeah. I see. All right. Um, well, it might be something I have to check out at some point. I'll, I'll I mean, add it, it to the list. The, I don't know where. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to add it to the list of many, many things that I still need to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whenever anything's on something like Peacock or any of these newer services, I'm like, I already have like three permanent services that I'm not going to let go of. Uh, and, and like two or three that I shouldn't have anyway. So there's no way I'm signing. It's apparently on, uh, something called Epics. Epics? I don't know what. Yeah. Epics is a, uh, it's just another. Is it free or? It's an Amazon channel. No, you you subscribe to it, but you can subscribe to it through Amazon. So it's like oh. it's like stars. Epics is like stars or any other any of those yeah. other kind of movie channels. Cool. That's an interesting one. I'll have to look for that. Um there are a couple of upcoming movies that are going to be interesting. Uh the trailer for the Munsters dropped. Oh yeah. That was um, something. It's just a I teaser. But yes. it's interesting because it's Rob Zombie, but it doesn't look like anything Rob Zombie's done before, but it very much looked and felt like the show. Uh, so there's definitely that like kind of passion project feel to it from him. Um, and the visuals of Herman and Lily and grandpa were like spot on. They looked great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Can't wait. I mean, I'm I'm interested to see it. I don't hate Rob Zombie's movies, but there's like diminishing returns to them. Like he's got interesting ideas, but the execution doesn't always work. But this feels very different from that because it doesn't feel like he's trying to make something edgy or uh, or anything like that. He's just like, basically, I love the monsters. I want to make the monsters and. Yeah. Okay, I'm fine with that. I don't have a problem with that at all. So, I'll be curious to see how that does. Sonus is better than Mockingbird Lane. <laughs> I haven't seen like I haven't watched like From Hell or the well any of those in that series. Basically, the oh three three from Hell. From Hell is very different, but three from Hell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The three from Hell and the and the from Hell you is know, Johnny there's, Depp. There's three movies House? in that set. House of a Thousand Corpses, Corpses, Devil's Rejects, Three from Hell. Yeah. So I haven't seen any of those. Really? Um, No. But I've seen. House of a Thousand Corpses was really good. I saw the the Devil's Rejects, the scene where the the woman runs out and gets hit by the truck. And that was like, okay, maybe this isn't for me. But so I've Uh, seen the Halloween Rob Zombie stuff and I wasn't a fan. And. Uh, no, because Halloween. That's another thing. Right. I'm not saying he'll never watch it, but well, the thing with those is like he was putting his he he was putting what he does in his movies into the Halloween story, and it doesn't fit, and you don't care about it because it's so like the 
we talked about it with Halloween, but like the first Halloween, what's great about it is how much you don't know and how much you're not told. And then his version of it was like, no, we're going to spend all our time with the family and give all these reasons why Michael ends up the way that he does. And it takes so much away from it. But what his visual style, like House of a Thousand Corpses is is quite good and it's very enjoyable. Devil's Rejects is is really well made. Uh, it's and a made good movie. movie. It's not enjoyable, but it's a good movie. <laughs> That's fair. That's enjoyable very, is not the right word, but it is, yeah. it is well made. Um, they're, they're worth watching that we should put them on the list to do for the show. I think she would point. love house of thousand corpses. Definitely. Uh, and yeah. devil's rejects is a movie you should see. That's yeah. You may not ever want to watch it again, but you should yep. see it. Exactly. <laughs> I haven't seen the last one yet, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll we'll definitely like, you know, watch it. Like that's that's another thing on 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 this show that I want to do is it's not just going to be our favorite movies or the best movies or even the worst movies. It's just it's everything. I want to I you know, I want to force you all to see movies that I've seen that I was like, "Oh, I really like this." And you know, same thing on the other side. If you all see something and you're like this, I think this would be great. You know, same thing. I absolutely think that House of a Thousand Corpses is that movie. I do think that mm-hmm. that is one that, that should happen, especially if you haven't seen it. But yeah, I'm I'm just I'm very interested to see what he does with the monsters. There's also that the there was some stuff with Adam's family. I, it was mostly I just saw photos, Wednesday. but uh, but specifically that, Wednesday Adams show. Yeah, show and so. And so I'm interested in that. Um, Is it funny that their trailers are at the same time too? Isn't that kind of funny? If you think about it. Also, uh, the full trailer for Prey. Oh. Which is the new Predator movie. Um, Because I had seen a teaser trailer, but there was a full trailer for it. And that looks like it's going to be very, very cool. Um, It's all set Ah. uh, like pre-Columbian Central America. Uh, and, um, it looks really cool. I'm digging it. Yeah. So that's another and series. Dan Trachtenberg. Yeah. And cool. it's Dan Trachtenberg directing it, uh, who did 10 Cloverfield lane. So some good stuff there. Yeah. We'll have to get into the predators also. I did not watch that last one, but I am a, I am a fan of those movies, but yeah, and that's what's happening in the news. And now for tonight's feature presentation. Sometimes the murderers are in your own neighborhood. They hide in plain sight with the disguise of good intentions and borrowing a cup of sugar. And anyone can be a suspect or a target. Anyone can be anything. Take that kid riding the bike. He could be the honor student and be killing hobos by the train station at night. Hey, Travis? Travis? You in there? Oh, don't mind him. He's lost in his thoughts again. Probably daydreaming about Kazuba and conspiracies again. No, no, no. I'm just working on my inner monologue. Well, we were trying to tell you about another missing kid. Another one? That's like four of them now, isn't it? Yeah, and didn't you know all of them, Travis? Sure did. That's rough. Hey, you seem to have spilled some ketchup on your shirt there, buddy. 
Ah, don't worry. It's just blood. Wait, what? What do you got there, Travis? Oh, nice knife. Where'd you get that? Travis, what, what are you doing? Summer of 84 is a 2018 drama horror mystery set against the backdrop of the 80s, tugging on our nostalgia with music reminiscent of the past and of the present. It draws you in as the movie you've seen a dozen times, like comfort food, a familiar scene of watching a neighbor with suspicion and of childhood friends battling bad guys, and a little something more all its own. So... What did you think of the movie, Faye? It was good. I mean, enjoyable. I mean, it was there. <laughs> um, <laughs> like every good movie, it was there. I mean, it wasn't extraordinary. It wasn't shocking. Everything lined up in place the way, you know, it was set up to. Um yeah, I mean the the guy playing the uh, the the killer was definitely very creepy, and I didn't like him from the start. And he definitely used his imposing uh, body, yes. I guess. And <laughs> I mean, luckily none of that was seen. Um, but yeah, I mean, he definitely, as an adult, made it very creepy towards a child. Basically, so this what? movie kind of creeped you out. He creeped me out from the point of looking at it from a child. Yeah. So, uh, but other than that, like, it didn't really scare you. No. No, it was a by the books. To me, it seemed by the books. Nothing surprising. Mm. But that comes from years and years and years of watching movies. So, but it sounds like Travis has a different opinion. I wouldn't call it by the book. Uh, Exactly, because it doesn't follow your standard kind of tropes and endings. Um, it sort of felt to me like somebody read uh, It and Stand By Me and uh, and watched some Stranger Things and then like, hey, let's do that, but make it really depressing at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I basically, I wanted, I want a sequel, but I want him to come back like Sierra Connor did in Terminator 2. <laughs> he's all big badass and he's a cop now and he's protecting the kids from people like this. That's what I want. That, and then for him to show want. up. That's that's <laughs> certainly not what would happen. That kid is going to be in therapy every oh, yeah. day for the rest of his life. Oh yeah. He, is, he lives that he will long. Never, he will never have another <laughs> solid interpersonal relationship with anyone ever. Can I point out how stupid what I just said was? <laughs> Uh, you just said he'll need therapy for the rest of his life. And I said, if he, if he lives that long. But the thing is like Sarah Connor got put away and grew stronger. This kid is broken forever. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's never recovering from any of this. It's a, it's a different, it's a different story because it's not. Yeah. It's not like a robot from the future or whatever. So it, it, and I'll say the first Terminator movie, like we could totally cover it here because that movie was scary. It's a like, horror movie. As a, as a kid, that movie scared the shit out of me, especially like the scene when the you know fully naked uh, 
Terminators like coming after her. Like that was just horrifying. Yeah, no, the first Even Terminator is a straight sci-fi horror movie. It absolutely yeah. is. It's framed like that and everything. The, I just, how the, did you feel about this movie, Travis? <laughs> it's not a bad movie. It's not. No. Um, it, I don't know that I necessarily liked it though. Either. Mm. I think it had some interesting ideas. Um, I don't have to have movies having uh, tying everything up and having a, a, a happy ending or even a clean ending. Um, but I felt like that ending was a bit aborted and just sort of, it, it didn't, it, it was, it didn't feel fully thought out to end it the way that they did with the way that the movie had been going. And it was more of like a, well, this would be a different way to do it. It, the movie had three directors, which doesn't help it at all. Oh, I didn't know that. That that yeah. definitely makes sense. And so there's some disjointedness to a few of the things. And like, it feels like, you know, somebody read the first or second draft of the script and then was like, hey, you know, you need a girl character in here somewhere. And so then they tack on the girl, the the babysitter neighbor girl who just sort of appears and disappears as they want, like again, felt kind of tacked on and like, it wasn't part of the original idea. It, it's not bad, but I feel like there's more that could have come out of it. Um, it feels like a, like very much like a first attempt mm-hmm. in a lot of ways to me. Um, I thought the performances were good. The, the guy playing, um, Mackie was great because he, he had what you want out of that type. Cause he's supposed to be, he's like an amalgamation of like John Wayne Gacy and Ted Bundy and these kinds of serial killers. And he's very much the, um, you know, the guy in the neighborhood that nobody thinks is weird because he's just a he's just a nice dude that gives the kids popsicles when they're playing out in the street, and you know he tends to his garden. He's a cop, like all of that stuff that at the time wouldn't even be thought of twice. There was there would not be a question at all that the the guy living by himself is just sitting out in his front lawn, having a beer. And offers the kids popsicles because it's not weird or creepy at the time in context. Yeah. It is to us now because nobody trusts their neighbors anymore. But um, thank God. He, uh, it, but he also like he has an ability to look non-threatening, but in a threatening way. Like we know he's the killer. They don't try to really hide that on us at all. There's not a maybe he did, maybe he didn't type moment. Um, very much throughout the movie that I felt. So he had this ability. Yeah. It was more of like a, like making you not trust what you think, you know, not like, like if you're paying attention, you obviously like, know, but at the same time you're like, well, but maybe they made it look like it was him. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing. And like, it's not like scream where you're like, who is the killer? We don't know. Maybe it's this guy. Maybe it's him. Maybe it's not. It, it was more of like a, no, this kid's right, but he can't prove it. And there's nothing, we, we didn't see the smoking gun or the, you know, him literally kill someone, but all of the signs are pointing to it. And he had this ability in his performance. His name is um, Rich Summer. He had this ability to, in the context of the movie, to the, to the characters in the movie, look non-threatening. But then to us as the audience viewing everything, you don't trust him and he looks very threatening. Um, so I like that quite a bit. And he had he had an imposing figure. 
Um, he wasn't like a muscle man or anything like that, but he was a large person and, and being dressed as a police officer in, you know, a neighborhood like that and, and all of that, it worked. I thought the kids were good. Um, you know, the, again, it's, it's interesting because they're not, it, it hits the trope of like, oh, it's four kids that, uh, just get along, but like, they're a little bit different. So it's sort of hitting that, like, we're going to touch all the demographics. You got the kind of punk rock kid with the leather jacket and the nerdy kid with his Jeffrey Dahmer glasses and, uh, our conspiracy theory. And then the fat kid, um, which yeah. sadly at one point I'm like, Oh, this is where Woody dies. And it wasn't that it was far, far later in the movie when that finally happened. But I was sad that he had to be the one that, that, you know, is the only one that dies. Yeah. Um, so- like, I thought the kids were good. I thought uh, the the girl uh, playing Nikki was good. Uh, the parents actually felt somewhat believable because they're kind of that typical '80s absentee parents, right? They're out like every night. It seemed like, um, but yet that felt believable to me, and it felt believable the way that they reacted towards everything that went on, except maybe for checking their attic. <laughs> Yeah. And, um, so let me go to uh, Wesley, who's been patiently waiting. Um, yeah, I'm Pete. Wait, it's fine. How did you feel about the movie? Well, let's start with the best parts of this movie. It's said in the best year of all, 1984. <laughs> and it's said in the best season of all, the summer. Yes, I was born in the summer of 84. Deal with it. No. Uh, but yeah, I like the movie. Um, I think both Travis and Faye said most of what I feel is uh, <laughs> correct. Uh, it was pretty much by the book up until the ending. Um. I like the ending because you know me, I don't like happy endings. So when people get killed and the bad guys escape and traumatize other kids, I'm all in. So, yeah. You know, it's funny. The more I listen to you, the more I realize like all three of you that like that the movie wasn't as good as I, as much as I liked it, it probably wasn't a good movie or as good of a movie. Because it's just like, it falls into this rule that I have of, it's like, if it comes down to one thing makes the movie, like, good or, like, is a turning point, or if that one thing is, like, this spoiler moment that, like, if somebody told you it, then it would ruin the movie. Like, if it just, like, that's, then that's, that's the only thing fueling it. And then it's probably not that great of a movie. Well. But, um, yeah. I, I understand what you're saying there. However, a well-made movie can have that and still be good and still be rewatchable. I don't yeah. have I don't have a compelling need to rewatch this movie like I do with something like, say, um, as an example, Gosh, one that I can, I can mention without giving anything away. The Usual Suspects has what you're talking about, but it also has rewatchability because it's anymore. a well-made <laughs> and well-done script. Yeah, but that's that's a different thing. That's that's exactly the point that I mean. 
because it is a well-made movie. So mm-hmm. the fact that there is that spoiler, it doesn't mean anything. Like, that's not the thing that everybody's like, oh, but that's the part that, like, if you knew that, it's going to ruin the movie for you. It's not. It's a good movie anyway. But I think that this, because everybody kept pointing to the end, like, that was the thing, like, the ending. Um, And I'm just like, you know, I go more from from my feelings. This was my second time watching this because I found it on Shudder, and I really like this movie the first time that I watched it and even this time that I <clears throat> that I watched it it is it is that nostalgia it is that you know the same old thing like I said which I love how many slasher movies do we watch that are basically the same old thing over and over again but we still go back for more because it's a it's it is comfort, you know. I want to see like people, you know, babysitters being stabbed and and whatnot. And I like the whole eighties thing. They could do that to me until I'm in my grave because I'm basically like the people in the seventies about the fifties. You know how everything in nineteen seventies was all like about sock hops and drive-ins and stuff like that. That's how I feel now. I feel like all the stuff that I love is the 80s and Stranger Things could go on for as many seasons as it wants, which it won't because next season is the end. But, you know, so this one, uh, I guess I definitely had some bias towards it. Um, uh, I grew up in the 80s. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Did you like the 80s? Yeah. No responsibilities. (laughs) Well, you know what I mean, like the music and the style. Oh, and, yeah. But still, <laughs> yeah, I know. I realize you're wearing eighties type clothing. And it, it's one of those things too, where, like I say, it's not bad. Like I've seen bad versions of this type of movie, and it's yeah. not that. It wasn't boring, so it didn't fall. It didn't have that, yeah. you know, cardinal sin of being just dull. When I say it's not. I don't have a compelling reason to rewatch it. It's just because like I, I saw it. Okay. That's great. There isn't this because the reveal and the turn at the end, isn't like this huge revelation. They were sort of pointing to it um, and pointing to who everyone was. It's not like I've got to go back and uh, I can rewatch it to try and pick out, you know, where they tip their hand ahead of time and where they gave you clues um, because they just laid all the cards out there. Yeah. Um, I did actually, I did like the trope subversion of when the kids go down in the basement, they pick the lock, they get in the room, all that kind of stuff. When they finally have like, they have their evidence and they go to leave and they're running up the stairs from the basement. And instead of having the tropey thing that a lot of horror movies would do, which is the killer shows up and they have their last stand and their big brawl or shootout or whatever, you know, stab fest, whatever it's going to be that ends with them being victorious. And then the police show up. No, it cut right to, they're at the police station showing the evidence. Yeah. And then the, the guys, you know, that was, I liked that. That was a nice subversion of what you normally would see in a horror film and go from there. And then I realized like, Oh, we've still got 20 minutes of movie left. What the hell else is going to happen now? Like, I want to restate too, that I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I'm just saying it's probably not as good as what it is in my brain. You know what I mean? Like, 
Everybody but, enjoys movies in a different ways. Yeah. Don't feel thanks. bad. <laughs> I don't feel bad. Why would I feel yeah. bad? <laughs> I don't I don't understand why you No, I, like I kinda that. got where you were coming from, where it's sort of like yeah. a, well, no, I just, maybe this yeah. isn't as good as I think it is, but I still enjoy it. Like, like that kind of Because like you all aren't saying that you hated it. I I understand that. It's just that like I thought that I don't know, I thought you'd all be more excited. And so, you know, like it makes me look at the movie more critically than I normally would, because you know me I'm Eh, enjoy a movie if you enjoy it. Don't listen to what other people say. No, but Wait. well, that's the point of podcasting. <laughs> We're, here. We're here for exactly that reason, for everyone to listen yeah. to what we have to say. Yes, no, but it's it's good because you, you know, I get to sit here and I, li- I listen to you all be like, I've seen a million horror movies. I know what's happening next and and literally hear you like whatever. And and you get to hear me talk about how I am like emotionally invested in a movie and what that's like. It's like two, three different kinds of movie people here, and it's you know, it's nice. We get no, to affect each other in different ways. We do. And you saying the emotional connection is interesting because that I think is the thing that I'm missing from this movie when I was watching it. That I that I have that I have with something like it or stranger things where I have that connection of like, I feel for the characters because strange stranger things, while it, it is obviously got supernatural angles to it yeah. is very much was an influence on the people that made this movie. There's no way that it couldn't have been uh, given the, the time frame. I just, maybe, maybe they'd never heard of stranger things who knows, but I doubt it. But like where there, the kids felt more like they were tight friends and and their families were friends. Like we see nobody else's family in this. And the kids, the four of them get along, but it almost feels like uh, like weird splintered factions. And so I never made that emotional connection to the characters that I had in even it, the Losers Club. You You, you form more of an emotional bond there. And so like, that's a uh, that's a really good kind of way to put it is sort of that emotional connection that I just I didn't have that here and so that that's what makes it again I don't have that compelling reason to like want to go back to it like I do with with it or with stand by me uh, is another kind of tamer version of this same sort of kids coming of age thing so the I uh, I totally I get that but I'm I um I think I just met in general, like I get like emotionally invested in most things that I watch. I get like, I feel like I get attached to things or I'm able to like forgive a lot more. And I don't know. It's, you know, it's why I'm like, I can get scared because I, I can just put myself in the movie and that kind of thing. But, um, but yeah, absolutely. Definitely more invested in the Stranger Things kids. Definitely more invested in the ki- in the its kid in its kids. <laughs> yep, that's funny. Uh, you know, this is like you know, it's like a one tiny little movie. Um, parts of it really oh. gave me gave me similar feelings to kind of like Hush. There were some 
feelings of like the same kind of things that I liked in that where he was just toying with his victims. Uh, well, yeah, I guess at the end, but I think like, so like the whole movie is just like, okay, this is great. It's the eighties. I like the backdrop. I love the the style. I love the, you know, the music and whatnot. I can sit here and just mindlessly watch this movie and we know how it's going to go. They're going to get caught. Just like Travis said, they're going to get caught at the, the stairs. And when they didn't, I was like, what the fuck? And then I'm like, there's still time left in this movie. And when he comes down from the attic, the way that that shot, like that is just such a creepy fucking scene. Um, I'm, I'm already nominating it for solitude moment, but like, it's just so fucking creepy. Um, yeah, I mean, that was definitely the normal subsur- subversion. Um, I, I, that, that one, that piqued my interest when he, when the, the, uh, stairs fall down from the eggs went, Oh, okay. I was like, that's smart. Um, him like gagging them like once again like i'm not i'm just like they're gonna run they're gonna get out of it um when he kills the friend that changed the entire movie for me it was like the story that i was being told this comforting thing that i had seen a hundred times it was just like i don't know like turned on its ear or something and then when he says the uh, after you spent your life looking over your shoulder after you spent your life looking over your shoulder after you've wondered every single day if that is the day that I'm gonna come for you one day you'll be right that was just that was fucked. Yeah, that was again a little bit of trope subversion, and wasn't uh, an easy thing to to deal with. And that's where I say like the depressing ending, right? Let's yeah. take this coming of age story and let's just make it wholly depressing because now this kid is ruined for life. He is broken forever mm. because at fifteen this happened to him. And where where you say depressing, I feel like Dreadly is thinking like he loved the ending. Because they actually did something out of the ordinary. Well, I was going to say kill the kid. That sounds kind of heartless, but. When when I'm talking about it, though, I'm talking about it from the perspective of our protagonist. His life is just in shambles now. Yeah. His best yeah. friend has died in front of him. The girl that apparently he's had a crush on forever and I guess likes him is moving. So she's gone. And his other two friends, we don't even we don't see that we see them, but they they're not part of the last act of the movie at all. And all we see him do is ride by them as they're apparently just taking crap out of the guy's house and throwing it out in the front lawn. So I don't know what their relationship is like anymore, if they're blaming him for Woody's death or what. I think it's more that they're feeling guilt for abandoning them because they didn't believe them. And but either way, like all of yeah, so all of this stuff is the reason why this kid's life is ruined, and that's the depressing downer of it all. He was smart. He was good at what he was doing. He was right. And I in the call end, him smart. 
I wouldn't call him smart though, but we'll get to that when we list people do stupid things later. People do stupid things. I like that. Okay, so uh, even though all three of you, even though you probably like may or may not watch it again in the future, like whatever, you're not against it, but would you recommend this to somebody else? Depends. I could see my... Yeah, I could see myself telling people like if they're like, "Hey, what did you think of uh, of Summer of '84?" Would you watch it? Be like, "Hey, give it a shot." For most people, now it, it would depend, right? Because of that ending, because of kind of the the content of the ending. Um, yeah. I know some, some people, people really wouldn't. don't like endings like that. Well, the problem with it would be like how the person would process that information, because it's not. It's not an easy thing to take because, again, this is a serial killer who basically got away with it and, and got away scot-free. Like, Dread, if if he's asking me about it, I'd be like, yeah, you'd love this because <laughs> I know you enough to know that that would appeal to you. But I have friends of mine that that wouldn't appeal to them or yeah. that would bother them in a very visceral way, and I would steer them away from the movie. Yeah, it's and like it's very heavy trigger warnings. I had friends who didn't want to watch Shit's Creek because – they didn't find any redeeming qualities in the people. And I didn't realize that before. I thought everybody watched, you know, all kind like liked watching all different kinds of people, you know, good people, bad people. And I didn't really, you know, I didn't realize people avoided that, which is a little bit eye opening. Um, but yeah, I can see that. You know, the kid in this movie is a good kid. He makes some mistakes, but he's 15 and he's clever he pays attention, but he makes some mistakes, but you still want to see him come out on top. And unfortunately, we don't. And there's he not many people. Yeah, he and he, he lives, sure, but yeah, it's he doesn't we win. Can, we can make up our own mind about that too, though. You know, like, that's like, I make my own sequel in my head. And I'm going with FaZe. Uh, you know, coming back, Sarah Connor strong and being ready for being ready for him somehow, somehow. Well, yeah. Waiting for that day or tracking him down. That would be a great movie. Uh, I wouldn't say tracking him down, but just being ready for his return, but like getting skilled enough. Right. But here's a difference between your, uh, using Sarah Connor as the analogy, um, is that, she didn't lose anyone in the first movie and gained Kyle and eventually a son. Like, yes, her friends, but it wasn't like she was super close with them. They were in their twenties at the time, but she also gained something at the end of it and could use that moving forward. This kid lost a friend, a potential romantic interest and another friend, someone else that he could talk to. And he didn't he gain lost peace of mind. Yeah. And, and he lost peace of mind. So he lost so much and gained nothing that he has nothing to build from moving forward, which is why I oh, say he's every, just broken. And that's the end of yeah. it. Yeah. No, I, I get to recover that. from it. Is, is, I'm, I'm looking at it from me. If that was me, if everything like that happened to me, the only thing I'd have left is vengeance. And how am I going to get that vengeance? I'm going to make myself stronger. But yeah. again, that's a vision from my point of view. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But we also don't really, you'd never know the, you know, the measure of a person. People go through hell every day and come out the other side and find strength in something or find, you know, whatever it is that, that gets them through. So it is possible. There is therapy. Yeah. I really want to believe he's better. Yeah. Travis is not entirely wrong. There are people that that would utterly destroy. (laughs) There's, there's no, no getting around that. I agree, but he's fictional. Let's make him strong. <laughs> I'm going like more that. by what I saw. Yeah, I mean, he was out on his bike delivering newspapers. Hey, don't you have hope though? Like hope in the human condition. This isn't a movie that inspires hope. Literally, what the guy who's hate? been killing people for years got away with it and left. Yeah, that happens in real life. <laughs> unfortunately after after a smart kid found out who who he wasn't doing it and took his home away and his life away so it's not like it's 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 hurrah for him either yeah. oh he's got to go into hiding what a sick freak yes but it's also the time period that it is it's a lot easier for him to disappear and start over somewhere else mm-hmm. there's plenty of addicts <laughs> That noise in the attic? That's him. You better watch out. You know what it's time for? The 13! The 13 is a specially cultivated list of tropes or our favorite things from horror movies. This list may change or be adjusted as time goes on and in real time because this is real life and not the attic. Dear God, please not the attic. I was already scared of the basement. Now I'm going to be scared of the attic. Number one, kitty cat. They mentioned cats, but I didn't see a cat. So negative points for cat teasing. They get minus points. No cats. No cats. Number two. Volkswagen? Yeah. Did that feel like they were just trying to shoehorn a Volkswagen in? Or was um, it me? That could have you, been any vehicle. Yeah. Did you read and, that it was like the same car that, uh, what was it, John Wayne Gacy? or? Yeah, yeah, I did read had. that. It was it was just one of those, I'm like, all right, well, they're ticking the box. You know, they've, they've got the VW. They know about our lists. Yeah. <laughs> I, let it, I let it be known. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, this list has been like most of the stuff has been written down for quite a while. I've been planning this show for way too long. Um, mm. Number three, scary location, time of the year. Summer of 84. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, technically it is the summer in the 80s. It is it is the it is the the neighborhood. The what do you call oh, the summer suburb? The suburbs that hold the horror in what you think is just this clean, beautiful, like middle class area in the 80s, which was way better than middle class now. But like just everything is beautiful and you don't see the ugly beyond that. So horror in the suburbs. Now, if this was made in the 80s or early 90s and starring Tom Hanks, then it would be the burbs. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I got a total burbs feel. I wrote this down. 
Burbs, Stand By Me, and Rear Window all had a baby. Kind of, yeah. It was just, it was all those things. Number four, Metahumor, Fourth Wall Breaks, mentioning the title. No Fourth Wall Breaks. They didn't, I don't remember anybody saying it's the summer of 84. No. Uh, they might have said it was the summer. That's about it. Yeah. I mean, it it was an 80s setting, but they weren't like playing on that. You know, they weren't making a point of like, hey, we're in the 80s. You know, oh, look, it's the 80s. I'm drinking tab. Like, <laughs> so I don't know that it got very I drank meta. tab in the 2000s. So think about that. It was still around. I did notice uh, she grabbed a bottle of Pepsi free out of the fridge. Oh, you saw that giant bottle. bottle. <laughs> yeah, those were the half liter bottles. Holy shit. Half liter glass. Yeah. Still tall. Like you have to move one of your shelves to make that fit. Yeah, I remember those. I don't. We never had glass in the house. Remember, I'm clumsy. Number five. Wait, did we finish the meta humor? Yeah. Number five, archetype characters. Crazy Ralph from Friday the 13th, Randy from Scream, Dick Halloran from The Shining, Nerds of Psycho. Hey, I'd like to point out, it's two episodes in a row you've nailed that and hasn't called him Crazy Ralph from Scream. Good work. Good. But people like it. People people miss it. But let's wait till we do this. why I pointed out. <laughs> I make sure to point it out so that they don't think we forgot about them. <laughs> Um, I mean, archetype characters, the four kids. Yeah. You got the, the, the fat one, the nerdy one, the punk loser stoner style one. Uh, they're archetypes cause they're all just horny teenagers. Yes. Can I yeah. say the, um, the parents that do not fucking listen at all. I mean, that's any coming of age story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hence it being a trope. <laughs> Like you can't, yeah, you can't have like, a coming of age story without worthless parents. Oh my God. <laughs> like they're just, they just, they made him go back and apologize to the killer. Look, it was the eighties. That's what parents did. Okay. No. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then no. he shows up at the door while the kids by himself alone. Oh yeah. Let me get the phone. Like that was just a weird thing. That cord was long though. But if you think about it from the parents, yeah, if you think about it from the parents' perspective, though, they have no reason to believe that this neighbor police officer is a serial killer, except for their conspiracy nut kid saying he's a serial killer. Sure. And we don't have any evidence to prove that, but he totally is. I promise, Dad. True. But I feel like parents should know their kids and that kid was awfully smart. He read a lot of things. And even though I wouldn't be like, you know, bringing out the pitchforks to my neighbor, I would definitely listen to my kid and start paying attention. You know what I'm saying? Except like the parents viewed the kid as too smart for his own good. That is I true. know this because, hi, that was me. I was that kid, too. Did you find <laughs> any serial killers? No, thank goodness. <laughs> but also the dad the dad works at a news station. He's working a lot. He hears all sorts of crackpot theories about stuff constantly mm-hmm. around news and things like that. Speaking of things he read, did you see that the Soviets apparently kidnapped a Loch Ness monster? <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know how they did that. I mean, uh, they did. Yeah. Good job. Poor Nessie. I'm so sorry. Number six. Pointless boobies, weird wings, moonies. No. No nudity. Yeah, it was a kid kid movie. No, nope. kid movie, but you get my point. I mean, there was Love there it. was a picture of a boob. Oh yeah, that's uh, right. National Geographic, but that's nothing you can't get at the library. So yeah, free porn. Mm. That's no, no God no. Um, yeah, number seven. It was the eighties. Number seven. Telling, retelling the legend, and or establishing the movie's rules, or breaking Randy's rules. No. Uh, yeah, there wasn't really a legend or rules to break. Legend. Oh. Not that kind of movie. I will I will give them a slap on the wrist for, uh, like, um, even though technically it's not like they split up, but... The two other guys were supposed to be his uh, layers of protection, and they went and fucked all. Like, and the one kid was like, "I'm done here. I'm gonna leave." And the other goes and finds the other kid and tells him, "Let's just go." So fuck them. They they thought they were smart enough to figure out that no, this guy isn't crazy. It isn't what he's saying. Sure, sure, but like, if we're best friends. Look, the four of us are friends. We do this show, right? If I tell you somebody's a murderer, you better fucking be there for me. That's all I'm saying. I deny everything. <laughs> yeah, but when when you think about the fact that, like, especially those two didn't believe him for most of the movie anyway. Yeah. And he had to convince them to do anything in the first place. And then there's, you know, Faraday at the thing. He sees, he sees the guy with the tools that he was getting from place with all the dirt that supposedly he's using at his house and now there's a bunch of dirt down here as they're planting stuff and he's putting two and two together and he's like no all right we were totally off he wasn't doing and then he tries to get a hold of him to tell him that so i get why he kind of was like no this is yeah but once this again this is the proof i need we're best friends you don't do that like we have a plan there is a plan. There's a reason why the plan happened. You don't deviate from the plan. You know I'm in the house. Anything could happen to me, right? Like, you're supposed to be there for me. Faraday. We should put him in a cage. That's all I'm saying. Hey, that was a good pun. Horrible. Okay. I'm going to let that go. Mm-hmm. Number eight. Dance sequence, montage sequence. Yeah, montage. Of them doing surveillance. Ba-da-ba-ba. A montage of surveillerism. Surveillerism. They also, were surveilling. Was that good, bad, or weird? It was fine. Yeah. It definitely felt like that was like one director did each act of this movie, though. <laughs> because it felt the tone of that felt so different than what we got later. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, and the walkie talkies. <laughs> that w- okay so there's there's a plot thing uh with the walkie talkies when when he tells him hey i've got some old you know de- decommissioned walkie talkies from the police station they pick up everything mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. probably listening in on most of their conversations for the majority of the runtime of this movie 
Yep. Like, it's not like he didn't know what was going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially uh, leaving the walkie-talkie in the window to let him know mm-hmm. I found it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it was yeah. very I feel well like Pretty obviously, when he feedback, yes. <laughs> I feel like that's the point when he started listening. I mean, maybe he was listening before that, but like, I feel like that's when he started using the things to try to listen to what they were doing. Because that's that was kind of creepy. Ugh. Number nine. Someone does stupid shit or that scared the shit out of me. Whatever applies or your favorite trope. Um, You know what's stupid? Following a cop around. It's kind of stupid. When you're a kid that yeah. doesn't have a driver's license or should be driving. Yeah. <laughs> Four kids, none of whom have a driver's license, nope. following a police cruiser in the biggest station wagon in three counties. Yep. <laughs> Under cover of day of daylight also. Mm-hmm. Yep. Stupid, 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 stupid. Uh, the amount of Is times that- they had a foolproof plan in this movie and I'm like, yeah, this is proof you're fools. Yeah, uh, but that's not what oh. that word means. Uh. <laughs> uh, these kids. Uh, but let's start with, if you're going to spy on people with uh, binoculars from your window, especially <laughs> when you want to see naked uh, girl next door, don't let your lights on. Yeah. Turn them off. Uh, Mm -hmm. Close your blinds, maybe. Uh, And when they see you, drop onto the floor doesn't do... That does not do what you think it does. Uh, (laughs) It doesn't erase what just happened. (laughs) What? (laughs) That was pretty dumb. Like, why is the lights on and you're looking out the window? Like, do you not know how night and stuff works? Like, we can see straight in. No. Yeah, well, again, people were dumb. Uh, it was the 80s. I, we didn't know anybody. I never saw you naked. <laughs> yeah. Aww. Aww. Her reaction really is great. Oh, that's too bad. A <laughs> <laughs> good bod. But again, like that relationship was so weird because she just out of nowhere is like all about him. And we had no no indication or reason for that to be a thing. Until she just shows up at his house when his parents are gone and is like drinking stuff out of his fridge and heading up to his room and hitting on him. And it's like, where, where the hell did that come from? Like that felt yeah. so also, weirdly out of nowhere. She's 18. You, you sure it wasn't all in his head? <laughs> well, and when the, when the scene started, I honestly thought he was asleep. Like I thought it was going to be a thing where he fell asleep waiting for his friend to come over and he'd wake up. <laughs> from the dream of her showing up at the house. Well, I mean, she, she obviously came over because he was looking in the window first. Mm-hmm. So, but I wasn't expecting her to act like that. No. Also, she's 18 and he's 15. Yeah. It's a little weird. I know it's not illegal in most States, I think, but it's still weird. It's, you know, like three years isn't much like at our ages and, and, you know, later on, but like the ages, the three years in between three, 15 and 18 is like everything. And and it's the older woman. So it's fine. Oh yeah. I mean, I prefer that to be honest. Right. 
if it was an older guy, there'd be hell to pay. But yeah. it's all about being the teenager uh, thing. Well, yeah. It's most uh, because she was his, you know, babysitter. That changes a bit, uh, I feel like. But yeah. Good for him. He got a kiss. Uh, two more uh, stupid things. Like, if you're spying on a cop hiding behind a dumpster, like the only dumpster in the alley or yeah. wherever they were, and then <laughs> one of them needs to go closer, so you send the biggest and probably slowest of the two to crawl underneath and see. That's like, really? Well, that's because there's no way Faraday's doing that. He's the nerdy one that doesn't want to actually get involved, so... Well, yeah. Dumb, yes. But also made perfect sense. Yeah. Faraday. And one personal thing, I don't have any uh, experience with this, but uh, if you're thinking someone's killing people and he's burying them in his garden, he wouldn't be buying dirt because bodies take up dirt space in your ground, so you would have an excess of dirt. If you're burying yes. bodies. Not that I know anything about burying bodies. But. That you yeah. claim. <laughs> but if you're hiding the bodies inside of what you're calling gardening, you need to have extra soil and gardening soil to make that plausible. It's, it's, it's finding the plausible deniability there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's. Remember, he's supposed to be smart about this and knows the procedures and knows what to to look for to hide extra things. Not just hiding the bodies, but to give plausible reasoning, like Travis said, that why would you be getting this stuff? Yeah. which Because obviously he's not hiding anything in there. He's hiding it somewhere else. He's liquefying the bodies and dumping them by that lake or whatever. But yeah, he needs like... You need alibis, and buying a bunch mm-hmm. of dirt is going to be that alibi. Well, Plus, he needed well, also the, the dirt was for the other thing. Yeah, but, the dirt was yeah. also for the thing at the festival. But also, so. the kids are dumb. But anyway, um, <laughs> number ten, solitude shots. I'm going to go back to the the opening of the attic. Yeah. The opening of the attic, that, you know, slow shot to that leading us there. Because it's like, oh, where is it going to take us? Where is this? Oh, fuck you. I swear to God, I hate attics like that, by the way. They're the, they're the worst. There's always something bad going on. If you have an attic like that, your fucking house is haunted. We all know this now. It's basically in every horror movie, along with like, uh, you know crazy old Ralph type character. Or, you know, it's where your, your split personality lives. Basically. That, that yeah. grows, that's a tumor on the back of your head. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Call back. Um, God, like the most important solitude shot is basically him in his room. The rest of the movie after he, he leaves him there and he, you know, he's left for dead or whatever, left with, you know, cut up ankle. Um, because he is alone now and forever. He is so alone. The final shot of him riding his bike. A lot mm-hmm. of that. 
the the difference uh, because I you know I had to go and get the the clip, but the difference of how he reads the first set of words in the beginning of the movie versus how he reads them at the end is so different. Like it took me aback for a second. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Number eleven. Scary score, spooky soundtrack. I love the fuck out of this music. I'm sorry. I had fun with it. It's what I listen. It's it's what I listen to now. It's like that synthy Stranger Things type music. Aside from like the uh, obviously they did Cruel Summer, which I also love from Bananarama. Um, Mm -hmm. But like that synthy stuff is just that's like everything right now for me i i listen to the old stuff i listen to the new stuff like it's all just i love that shit yeah that synth wave is very popular right now and it it fit the period of the movie just fine um i didn't find it incredibly memorable but i think because they didn't they didn't try to use it in that way it was just like it gave you a a a baseline a, a music bed it's a cruel cruel summer yeah that really was cruel. You're right. Who knew Bananarama told us right from the beginning of the movie? There was just like a thing, and I can't remember the exact, but um, that scene where they're playing the Bananarama, I read that it is an exact, like they shot it just the way in another movie with kids and from the 80s, and I can't remember the name of the movie now. Yeah. It was in the trivia. And I thought that was really cute. There's all sorts of like little things like that, like, you know, nods to the eighties and whatnot. Well, there was the Polybius game out of order in the background. Yeah. That was, that was a fun little Easter egg. Well, I think, I think the thing you're thinking about is them riding their bikes to cruel summer uh, and karate kid. That's it. Yeah. Yes. They're riding and they're in the exact same, like, positioning of bikes yep. as the karate kid. And I was like, that's, that's sweet. I love karate kid. Number 12, final girl. No, no, the final boy. I mean, Davy was no the final. final. No one's, no one's, no one's final. No one, no one's alive left in this movie. They basically all died. That's the ending of the movie, but no. Hmm. Number 13, the Savini scale of gore. It's not the quantity of gore, it's quality gore, special effects, monsters. So how many? Dissolved bodies. Dissolved bodies out of 10. Do you give this? I know there wasn't a lot, so. I mean, there wasn't what was a lot, like? but it, it was decent for what they had. I mean, other than, you know, the mannequin in, in the dissolved state. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I give it, you know, five. Five dissolved out of ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say five, um, five mucousy corpses out of ten. Uh, they do the thing that I hate, by the way, which is um, I hate movies where people like cut at ankles and stuff like at the 
I fucking hate that. The when somebody's heel? Yeah, oh that too. Like anything, like get away from my feet. Achilles tendon. Oh, oh. Well, you want to do a it works. What was that, Travis? You immobilized him. Yeah. Right? You yeah. cut that tendon. You can't run. You can't put anything as somebody who has uh injured that tendon in their body many times and had a father who tore it in half. You can't put any weight on that when that's torn. Mm -hmm. You're done. You cannot walk. So, yeah. I feel like that's like, I I don't mean to sound ungrateful to like, you know, uh, science or whatever, but that seems like a, that seems like a giant flaw in in our design. Um, (laughs) There should be some kind of safety measure that makes sure that that doesn't happen. But anyway, You're the human that's body. You're saying Achilles heel? What? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yep. Sorry, sometimes it takes me a minute to translate what you've just said. How many dissolved bodies for you? Um, no, I'm okay with the... Uh, well, I'll, I'll change the 5 out of 10 to 1 out of 2 because there was only one body. Oh, wait. Huh? Did everybody give 5? Yeah. I missed yes. that. You know... Let's make this a consensus. I'll go with five out of ten. Is that the first time ever? Who knows? Who's keeping track? <laughs> Woo, nobody. Somebody was supposed to be typing on the sheet, but we all forgot to assign a person. Whoops. It's fine. <sighs> I'm sure I'll just go back and write it all in someday when I'm, you know, crazy. Well... That'll wrap up the 13 for this episode. And now we play What the Hell Was That? It's where we play a clip from our next movie provided by our clip curator, Dreadly. <clears throat> play the clip. Enough of a clue for you. <laughs> well, if it's not you. You you've been living in a in under a rock for the past fifty years. Yes, yes. But can you guess this movie? I don't know. Give it a try next Friday when we post our gift clues on Twitter, so you can follow us at Gore Podcast, and the first person to correctly guess what movie it is, they'll get a shout out on the next episode. Why not? It's the least we can do. Literally. It is the least we could possibly do. I figured the least would be nothing. Yeah. True. Well, yeah. So the first one to guess it correctly gets absolutely nothing. There we go. Yes. But see, that's that's us doing nothing. The least that we could possibly do is to just say, hey, good job. <laughs> you get a crisp high five over <laughs> the internet. Hey, man, nice shot. We didn't get any emails this week, which is fine. But if you would like to email the show, gorepodcast13 at gmail.com is the email address. We have a Patreon, and we have our first two patrons. Wonderful, wonderful people. Bumpy at the friends to the end level, and Claire at the we have such sights to show you level. Uh, You two are fucking awesome, and, you know, we will never forget that you were our first two um 
So if you want to be part of the, you know, first peoples that come in and support our show, you can do that at patreon.com slash gore13. Um, we'd love to have you. Uh, just remember, everyone who joins, you get the, um, the ad-free version of the show with the bloops. You get to be part of the Discord. And that's at every level of the of the Patreon. So check it out. You know, see see if you'd like to hang out with us. Because we'd like to hang out with you. But until then, where can people find you, Travis? Twitter.com slash TV's Travis or twitch.tv slash TV's Travis, where I'm doing all my shows, streams, uh, gaming, painting, all that kind of stuff. Sounds nice. Faye, where can people find you? Uh, on Twitter at Jimmy Phelan. And finally, Dreadly, tell people how they can travel to the bowels of hell to find you. Well, you can find me mostly on Twitch. Not as much on Twitter, but all the links are on a nice little website at thedreadzone.com. And where can people find you, Monica? Well, you can follow me on Twitter and Twitch at WickedKitten13. Uh, I do a Heroes of the Storm podcast called Q for Fun, a Hearthstone podcast called Hearth Casual, and I work on a podcaster competition show called America's Next Top Podcaster. Um, find all those wherever you download podcasts like this one. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and I hope we made it a little harder to fall asleep tonight. Uh-huh.